The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And welcome to another Friday edition of the Work-Life Balance. So glad to have you along with us. And it's been a you know another crazy week for us, but uh, a great week to be home, to be in town, uh, as uh, things are about to get uh, crazy for us in a travel perspective. So upcoming events... Uh, for all of our Maxwellites out there, uh, the live event in Orlando next week, August 24th through the 29th, we're going to be in Orlando right there with you. So for all of those of you that are going to be at the Maxwell training event, I uh, look forward to seeing you. Come find us. Uh, we're actually going to be doing the show live uh, from Maxwell in Orlando uh, on the 25th next week. So we're looking forward to that. We're going to have Mike Leitner. Uh, hopefully, I, I don't think Mark LeMaster is going to be here, uh, but uh, we'll have Mike on. Uh, we're going to try to find Dexter. We're going to try to find a few of the people that have been on the show with us in the past uh, to join us for a live event uh, for this show next week. Uh, September 11th, I'm going to be in Austin, Texas at the Resource Planning Summit uh, with the PD Ware folks. Uh, September 29th in Birmingham, Alabama at the IIBA conference that we're giving a keynote. And, of course, the big event, uh, Live to Lead, uh, which is a simulcast event that's happening in 250 countries around the world. It's going to be done live in Atlanta, Georgia, which is John Maxwell, Cheryl Boschelder, uh, work done, Dave Ramsey. I mean, these guys, literally, it's 20000 to $100,000 per person if they were going to come in and do a single event for your organization. These four speakers are doing a, an incredible leadership event uh, where you can really just lean in and, and get some incredible gems uh, of leadership knowledge. All four of those speakers, and depending on the event where you're going, it's anywhere from 100 to $150 a person, or you can get a table of eight. I mean, it, again, uh, I know I'm hosting it in Hoover. Uh, there's a couple of other sites even in the Birmingham area. And between us, it's between 100 and $150 a, a person. But you can go to l2l.johnmaxwell.com and find a location near you. It's going to be an amazing event that's October 6th. Uh, live the lead. So so check that out. Uh, those are all the upcoming events. Of course, you can hit rickamorris.com and find those. So let's get to our guest today. I want to make sure that we have plenty of time because he's got an amazing story. Uh, I, I believe, um, I'm not even sure how we got connected, but I'm excited to talk to him. He's a world-renowned basketball performance coach, corporate speaker, executive leadership coach, podcast host, and social media influencer. He spent the last 15 years working with the highest performing basketball players on the planet, including NBA superstar Kevin Durant and the number one pick in this last year's draft, Markel Fultz. He now teaches organizations how to utilize those same strategies in business that elite basketball players and teams use to perform at that world-class level. He's passionate about developing genuine leadership, authentic team cohesion, and true mental toughness, and works relentlessly to educate and inspire people to Im- take immediate action to improve their mindset, habits, happiness, and success. So let's bring him on right now. Let's welcome Alan Stein Jr. to the program. Alan, how you doing, bud? I am fantastic, Rick. Thank you so much. And I'll, I'll tell you what, I know how we connected. I'm a huge fan of yours, and I love the mission and vision of your show, and I've been a listener, and I reached out to you to see if you thought I could add value, because I really love what you're doing, man. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, I was going to say, normally we, we're, we're hoofing and hoofing trying to find guests, and it was... It was um, your marketing person that, that reached out to us, was it not? Or is it your son yeah, or somebody my, who works for my, you? He's my brother. <laughs> he's my Your brother, brother. okay. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah. and, and I, I said, hey, look, man, I love this show. Can you please reach out on my behalf and see if there's any interest? And uh, yeah, thankfully you were, you were kind enough to, to let me on, and here I am. 
Yeah, we did some research and, and, and you know, we, we get some of these from time to time and you never know who's reaching out. When I saw that, I was like, are you kidding, man? Kevin Durant, Kobe Bryant, Michael. Yeah, man, we're in. Let's talk to this guy, man. We're we're with it. So I um, love it. And not only that, but work life balance. My understanding is, is you're taking a little life balance right now, aren't you? I am. I'm actually on vacation, and that's your your show and the entire vision and mission really resonates with me. Um, you know, I I'm always in constant search of I call work life harmony, work life flow, which is in essence saying the exact same thing you are, uh, which is work life balance, which you know really I believe is is the key to everything we're all looking for, which is you know happiness and fulfillment and achievement and success. I really believe all of that is found in our ability to create this balance and this harmony and this flow. So having said that, what do you think are some of those keys? First, I believe it comes with being able to appreciate and respect time. And I know that sounds very simplistic, so let me unpack it a little bit. Uh, I've got seven-year-old twin sons and a five-year-old daughter, and they're at the age where they play a ton of board games. And a lot of those board games have that little plastic hourglass uh, that you flip over, and it takes a minute for all of the sand to run through it. And then you do whatever the game tells you to do for that minute. Uh, But it was a couple of years ago, I looked at this thing and had a quick light bulb moment. And that's the hourglass is very analogous to our lives. And the moment every one of us was born, the hourglass of our life got flipped over. And I've learned, having been on this world for, you know, in this world for 41 years, that there's three indisputable truths about time. And respecting and appreciating these truths have really helped me improve my happiness and fulfillment and achievement and success. Uh, The first truth is, None of us has any idea how much sand is at the top. We have no idea how much time we have on this planet. You know, tomorrow's not promised. Uh, I'm 41 years old. I take very good care of myself. I work out regularly. I eat well. I get plenty of sleep. Uh, You know, I do the things that I need to do to take care of my, my health. But I know that time is not promised. I mean, the average male life expectancy in the United States is around 80 years. So, Uh, You know, I should live until 80, uh, but should is a dangerous word. There's nothing that guarantees I'm going to be on this planet for another 39 years. Uh, So that makes me respect time. The second thing when I look at this hourglass is you can't stop time. Time is always moving. It's ever fleeting. There's nothing you can do to pause it. There's nothing you can do to stop it. Uh, So we have to live in that moment. And lastly, and arguably most importantly, is once the sand of that hourglass hits the bottom, It's gone forever. There's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing I can do about the 41 years that I've already lived on this earth, except for look back and learn from those experiences. I mean, I don't want to diminish that value, being able to learn from the things that we've done, but there's nothing I can do to change them. I can't change anything I've said. I can't change anything I've done. All I can do is live in the present moment, and that's what takes me to what I believe is the key to everything we're looking for, and that's the ability to live present to maximize the present moment. And in order to do that, you have to always focus on the next play. You have to focus on the only two things in this world you control, which are your attitude and effort. And you have to focus on the process. And I'm happy to unpack those three things if you want. But as you can see, I love to talk. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And we're definitely going to do it. And, and to say that we're well aligned, you know, I have a, a, a Amazon bestselling book called No Day But Today. It's a, exactly the the same thing that you can't do anything about uh, yesterday. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. And, you know, for listeners in the, in the social media outpouring from my listeners last week was incredible. But, you know, it was the, the 25th anniversary of my father's death, which was an extremely uh-huh. impactful moment for me uh, as of I was course. 19 when he passed. And so, you know, looking that in, in not only that, but there's a pivotal moment coming for me. I'm looking at that saying I'm I'm six years away from outliving my father, who is one of the, you right. know, the most incredible people I know. Um, and so th- you're, you're faced with that mortality piece. Um, but yes. the the uh, the other thing is we're all granted the the one big thing is that we all have the same amount of time every day. It's what are we going to do with yes. it? Yes. Yes. Oh, that's that's crucial. And and I think the key to that, and this really will speak to your book, which I will admit I have not read yet, but I'm going to get it the moment we're done this call because I'm going to devour that thing. And I'm glad that you and I are are so aligned and have harmony. Uh, The key trigger that I use for myself is be where your feet are, wherever your feet are. Make sure that's where your mind is. Make sure that's where your your emotions are. That's where your focus is. And here's a perfect example. Uh, As I mentioned, I'm actually on vacation right now with my children and with my parents. Um, but for this call, one, my kids are in another room. My parents are taking care of them. I am 100% focused 
on you and your listeners because my feet are in this room and that's where my mind is. When this call is done, then my feet will be with my children and I won't be thinking about work. I won't be checking my phone. I won't even be worried about how well this interview went. I'll be 100% focused on my children at that moment. And for me, that's been the key to living present is be where your feet are. And I know that I make that sound really easy. It's, it's without question the biggest challenge and struggle that I face in my life is, is making sure that I'm focused on that present moment. Because as I'm sure you can appreciate, as well as most of your listeners, it's really easy to get sucked into what happened yesterday. It's really easy to start worrying about what might or might not happen tomorrow. So living in the present moment is ideal, but it's also really tough to do. And that's a practice skill, Alan. You said you're 41 years old. I'm, I'm about to, to turn 45. I would say I was mid to late 30s before I really started to recognize that as a habit or a muscle that I needed to learn how to flex. Yeah, I'm the same way. And I love the way you use that analogy because that's exactly what it is. It is a skill and it is a quote unquote muscle. And the only way you get any muscle stronger is to work it. And same thing with any skill. It comes through repetition. Repetition is not punishment. Repetition is the oldest form of learning in the world, and it's not going anywhere. And the only way you get better at something like being where your feet are is practice doing that. And I'll say, you know, I kind of, quote, unquote, saw the light a few years ago. I was in my late 30s. And while I'm certainly far from perfect at living present, right now I'm very proud of the fact that I have a high self-awareness. And I'm pretty quick to know when I'm not living present and I recognize those triggers and I can snap myself out of it really quick. So it doesn't take long now, maybe a matter of minutes when I say to myself, okay, Alan, you're, you're still thinking about yesterday. Be where your feet are. Be where your feet are. Or, man, why are you stressing about tomorrow, man? Get back to the present. This is all you have right now is the present moment. So I'm at least at a stage in my life where I'm aware of it and I can get myself back on track and, and refocus the lens pretty quickly. And I think that's important for our listeners to, to hear when you and I are speaking, because when, when we're giving advice or when we're, we're talking about this, sometimes it sounds like we don't have our moments where, you know, I, I love your analogy, be where your feet are. It doesn't mean you don't have days where you're not where your feet are and that you have to recognize or bring that awareness quotient up. Um, in, in As a speaker, sometimes we sound like we don't have those bad days or we don't have those bad moments where we've got to snap. I mean, I had a rough morning today that I had to sit yeah. down and recenter and refocus. And, and it's just the way it is. Um, but I think it's it's important for us to share those moments of vulnerability just as much. Exactly. And you hit it on the head. I mean, that's, we, we have bad moments. We have bad hours. We have bad days. Occasionally, we even have bad weeks. I mean, the goal is to try to do our best to to not allow those things to happen. But again, I spent most of my life in a basketball bubble. Take the best players in the world. It doesn't matter if you're talking about LeBron James or Kevin Durant or Stephen Curry. Those guys have, they miss shots. They turn the ball over. They have bad games. Occasionally they have a bad series. I mean, those, those things happen. But what makes them great is the grit and the resilience and the self-awareness to get themselves back on track. That if Kevin Durant misses four or five shots in a row, he doesn't allow that to affect his next shot. He stays in the present moment. And that's one of the biggest separators between elite performers and achievers and everybody else. And same thing for you and I. Yeah, we're far from perfect. So if I find myself having a bad morning, instead of dwelling on that and compounding that, I say, okay, take a deep breath. Let's refocus. Let's get back to centered. And now let's make ourselves have a great afternoon uh, and learn from that morning. So that's, that's the equivalent of missing a shot or having a bad game. Uh, you can't live there. You've got to move on to the next play. And I think what makes somebody like LeBron or, or, or somebody like Kevin, and you know this better than anybody, and I want to hear you say it, um, it, it's not what you see them do on the court. It's what you see them do off the court. It, what makes them exceptional is what people don't see. And actually, that's going to be a teaser because we got to take a quick break right here. And we'd love to hear what happens when nobody's looking. And Alan's going to tell us that right after this break. You're listening to Rick Morris on the Work-Life Balance. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? 
R Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other. Where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage. Where applications aren't just part of your brand, they are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we are back to the Work-Life Balance. We're talking to basketball performance coach, corporate speaker, executive leadership coach, uh, Alan Stein. And, And right before break, we were talking about what makes great players is not so much what happens on the court, but what happens off the court? What happens during those unseen hours? And Alan, please answer that question for our audience. Be happy to. And I realize that the chances of somebody listening to this being an elite level basketball player is probably slim. So let me say this with full confidence, that the principles of achievement on the court are identical to the principles of achievement in business or any other area of life. So even though I've been immersed in and studied from the best players and coaches, these principles apply to every area of our life and every person listening. And, you know, having been able to be a fly on the wall around guys like Kobe Bryant and Stephen Curry and Kevin Durant and LeBron James, I've learned there's two things in particular that make them the best. Uh, One, as you just mentioned, it's what they're doing during the unseen hours. It's the mindsets, the rituals, the habits, the disciplines these guys have when no one else is watching that makes them different. And the other is they take advantage of every opportunity they have to grow, to develop, to improve, to get better. I mean, every chance they get, they seize it. And with that being said, it leads down the path of them having the understanding and the self-awareness to realize that their habits are what determine whether or not they're successful. And the vast majority of their habits are built during the unseen hours. And the reason this is so important for people to appreciate and acknowledge is we choose our habits, but our habits dictate our success. So therefore, if you take out the middleman, success is actually a choice. Success is not what we do occasionally. Success is what we do all of the time. And these world-class performers in basketball and the world-class performers I've been around in business, they've embraced this and they take full ownership over the fact that they need to create and implement and be relentless in instilling positive habits. And uh, to me, those two things that go on behind closed doors are the reasons that people are happy, fulfilled, and successful. And the best part is, it's freedom of choice. I mean, you and I, Rick, were not born with the same genetic predispositions of a LeBron James or a Kevin Durant, 
but we don't need to be. We have full control over our mindsets and rituals and habits, and we have full control over seizing opportunities to grow, and we absolutely control our habits. And when we decide to make those habits positive, good things will result. Nothing else is even possible. Yeah, I love the question that people ask us all the time is, you know, how do you have time to do all the things that you accomplish? And it comes back to this segment that we just did before. It's we're given the same amount of time as everybody else. That's the, that's the great equalizer. And, and it's yep, the choice it of what we do with that time. Um, it's the choice yeah. of how to be efficient with the time and, and not making excuses for why we couldn't do this or why we couldn't do that. It, it, it's all a choice. Yes, it is. Here's an interesting way to break it down. So recently, uh, I had the great pleasure of doing an exclusive retreat um, up at the house uh, in Connecticut of Jesse Itzler, uh, who's one of the owners of the Atlanta Hawks and a serial entrepreneur and one of the most brilliant people I've ever met. And his wife is Sarah Blakely, the owner and founder of Spanx. She's the youngest self-made female billionaire in the world. So these two people are as sharp as can be. They're also incredibly genuine and authentic and generous, just two wonderful people. Uh, But Jesse did a quick breakdown uh, of that 24 hours that you just mentioned. And when he broke it down like this, it's almost amazing that all of us don't get more out of our 24 hours than we do. I'm yet to meet a a business professional or an athlete that doesn't wish they had 28 or 29 hours in the day because then they think they could get everything done. He said, look, let's take 24 hours. Uh, I need eight of them to sleep, so we're down to 16. I need eight of them to work, so now I'm down to eight hours left. He said, then I take three hours, and I devote it fully to me. This is me time. These are for my workouts. These are for professional development. This is for anything that makes me better and being the best version as I can. He said, I still have five hours left over to pour into my wife, to pour into my children, to pour into relationships. He's like... Five hours is a ton of time to pour into your family, and three hours is a ton of time to pour into yourself. And when he's able to break it down that way, there really is no reason that we all aren't able to live a more balanced work and home life. Uh, We just have to be strategic about it, and we have to have the discipline to guard our time. But it was hilarious when he broke it down like that. And first of all, I was thinking, wow, three hours a day on yourself? That seems a lot, and there's time to do it. Again, if we're going to be purposeful and intentional and strategic with our time, which we've already established is our most uh, valuable resource, so to not be strategic with it is just foolish. Yeah, and Maxwell's book, Intentional Living, is is all about that, to live intentionally, to do everything with intent is is just yep. gorgeous. It's 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 the same thing. And you know, coming back to that as you as you look at the decisions that are made, you also have this this reward culture all of a sudden that because I got up and did this one thing, I shall be rewarded for it. And it reminds me of a story that I heard from John when he was talking about wanting to become the one of the best leadership people in the world, which obviously he is. He's written more about leadership than anybody else alive or or dead now. And in yeah. it he tells this story though about you know, he read somewhere, and somebody said it, and I can't remember who, but if you do something for 30 minutes a day, every day for, for five years, you will become an expert. So the question becomes, how fast can I become an expert? He said it was about three years into that journey that he changed the question, though. It's the wrong question. It's not how fast can I become something. It's how far can I go. And that perspective uh, is, is such a beautiful that. perspective. Absolutely so, love that. Right. So everybody's like, well, how fast can I become an executive? How fast can I become the next Stephon Curry? How fast can I do this? It's not how fast, it's how far. Right? It's that it's yeah. that blend of of really the intent of is it is it something that you want to do quickly or is it something you want to do for forever? That's a powerful distinction. I love that. So coming back to some of the things that, that you know you guys are doing out there, really you know, what you're working on in, in your coaching and in, in investment, that kind of stuff. Why is it important, do you think, everybody should really be developing these leadership skills? I believe we need leadership in every single area of our life. I mean, without question, leadership has allowed me to be a better basketball performance coach. It's allowed me to be a better business owner and speaker. It's absolutely allowed me to be a better father. I mean, I think there's not an area of our lives where improving in leadership won't help. So I think it's the best investment we can make in ourselves and in our own development is to pour into our leadership. And, and those things, I mean, they take time. They take sometimes money, depending on what you're doing. Uh, it takes a certain amount of focus. But if you look big picture, uh, leaders are always in demand. 
and leaders are always the highest paid. If we want to just talk about from a professional standpoint, in any organization, doesn't matter if you're talking about a basketball team or a company, uh, leadership will never go out of style. So the best investment you can make is improving in those skills. And, and again, as you just mentioned, you have to be very intentional and very purposeful about that. You're not going to become a better leader uh, by accident and just going through life haphazardly. You have to really pour into those things. And, and for me, when I had children, again, my, my sons are seven and my daughter's five, uh, that's when it really dawned on me that the leadership skills I was developing as a coach uh, transferred to my leadership skills as a parent. And while the, the quote-unquote X's and O's are not the exact same, uh, the ability to lead and have a positive influence and impact and have empathy and all of the characteristics that go into being a great leader uh, have served me very, very well as a father. So that, again, helps with the entire theme of your show, being able to have balance and harmony and flow with everything in your life. Uh, leadership bleeds into every area. And I think you actually said it because I was going to challenge you on that when you said it, it, it helped you become a better father. And, and I think empathy, you said it, and servant leadership was, is, is certainly the other thing is, is, you know, because when you get kids, there's no manual. It's not like, you know, here's your ownership manual. And uh, th- this is how it's going to work, right? Because uh, not only that, I'd love to hear stories of the twins because the, the differing personalities, even though they were born at the same time, it, it's got to be incredible, um, that you could say the same thing the same way and, and the twins are responding differently. Um, so yeah, so how is some of those skills of how? As you know. Yeah. So I was going to yeah, say, it, so it, how, how are some of those skills developing? How, how are they challenging your leadership skills? Well, you know, the best basketball coaches that I've been around, what made them so special was to be able to treat everybody on their team uh, individually and to be able to customize their approach into the way that they coached each player. And, and while certainly there are some standards that everyone on the team has to live up to, but being able to treat everyone as an individual, find uh, you know, their strengths and their weaknesses, their likes and their dislikes, and the more you can customize the way that you coach a player, the better the result. Well, it's the same thing with my children. You know, I mean, even though the, my sons are, in fact, twins, I mean, they share DNA, they're very different, very different temperaments, very different um, uh, likes and dislikes, very different strengths and weaknesses. So, you know, although they've had to kind of tag around each other a lot just from a logistical standpoint, I treat them each very much as individuals. And, and I think that certainly has allowed me to, to be a better father. And then same thing with my daughter. So while they're all three my children and I love all three of them equally, uh, I treat each one of them individually uh, anytime that I can. And, and that's, that's really helped. And I believe that's what a good coach does. That's what a good leader does. That's what a good teacher does. And, and I've always felt that, that those words are rather interchangeable and synonymous. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, you know, it's funny. Uh, I, I come home and say, you know, I could, I just solved, you know, some algorithm or something that can save a company millions of dollars, or we just had this major breakthrough. But if I can find a way to get my 16 year old daughter to clean her room, I, they've got nothing on <laughs> me. Absolutely nothing on me. Right. So that, that, that continues to be the amazing joke is our children just will, will challenge us and push us to become the best version of ourselves at all times. And they're, they're incredible individuals and to watch them learn and grow is, is, is such an amazing thing. Um, but they will they will make us the best versions of ourselves and the worst versions of ourselves at the same time. It's it's an incredible thing Absolutely. to watch. <laughs> Here, here's what I find really interesting is the dynamics of different relationships. And I've learned this from the basketball performance space, but as well as being a parent. And, and you can probably chuckle. You realize, though, that there's pretty good odds that I could get your 16-year-old daughter to make her bed because I'm not her father and I'm an outside voice and that she would view what I tell her differently than the way that you tell her because you're dad. I mean, I laugh that I've got 20 years of basketball performance training under my belt. And in a couple of years, I'm going to have to hire someone else to train my own children because they're not going to listen to me when it comes to training because they're just going to think I'm dumb old dad. And, and I'm okay with that. Dad is the most important hat that I wear. Uh, but I do find that comical. And, and again, uh, that pays dividends in, in business as well. I mean, one of the reasons I'm able to come in and run workshops with different companies is because it's an outside voice. They want to hear a perceived expert come in and share stuff they've probably already heard from some other people, uh, but when it's coming from an outside source or a different voice, it, it, it has a stronger resonation with the people listening. And, and I think a good leader is someone who has the humility to understand that and to be able to step aside. You know, one of the reasons I was able to be a basketball performance coach at some of the programs I've worked for is because the head coach had the foresight and the humility to say, look, 
I could run this program, but it's better if we bring in someone else so they hear a different voice. Because uh, if, if the people you lead only hear your voice 24-7, it'll start to go numb. Uh, Jay Billis that works at ESPN is a good friend of mine, and he said one time, he said, you know, Alan, your refrigerator actually makes a lot of noise, but you don't hear it. You tune it out. And it's funny, if you ever walk into a brand new house and the only thing plugged in is a refrigerator, it actually makes a rather loud humming noise, but none of us hear it. It is completely white noise, and we've all tuned it out. And he said, one of the best advice I can give you, Alan, is don't become a refrigerator. Make sure that when you speak, it's powerful, and it's intentional and purposeful. And if you need to bring in other experts and other people to help supplement that to keep your voice strong, it's in your best interest to do so. And, and again, that's a lesson I've learned as a father, as a coach, and as a professional speaker. That's amazing. Well, we're right up against the break. We're going to let uh, the sponsors pay some bills. We're going to be right back with Alan Stein. You're listening to Rick Morris with the Work-Life Balance. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy. And the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back to the Work-Life Balance. Actually, you know, Alan, you and I were just joking and laughing uh, during the break there, but I'm going to pivot on you here for a second, so so hold tight. Sure. <laughs> Hang on here. Um, because I think this is interesting as we talk about work-life balance, we talk about people in general and just valuing people. I actually came up through the entertainment industry. And so through that, I know several people that are famous um, and, and, and well-recognized. And one of the things that I think is interesting about our culture, and, and you know, John talks about it a lot, and we talk about who luck, is, is you know, these people are people. So you've had this opportunity to work with some phenomenal people, right? So, you know, Kobe and LeBron and Stefan and Kevin. And so, you know, if a regular person is walking up to one of these individuals and, and they were able to get 15 minutes of their time, you know, I watched so many people blow this opportunity to really have an, an opportunity to learn, an opportunity to, to grow. 
and instead blow it with a selfie in, in a social media opportunity, right? Hey, I just saw Kevin. Yeah. Um, instead of really, you know, embracing this person. And I know they get so tired of it because at the end of the day, it's no different than you and I talk and then you probably talking Kevin. So can you remark about that a little bit or maybe give some people some education as to what it's like to work with some of these individuals? Well, you just nailed it, and you, you summarized that perfectly. Where it's really interesting for me, like with Kevin, for example, I met Kevin when he was 14 years old. I mean, I met him well before the fame and the money. And Markel Fultz, who's the number one draft pick in this year's draft, the 76ers, I mean, met him you know, when he was a rising eighth grader. So I had a chance to meet these guys when they were just, I mean, literally kids, and they, they lacked self-esteem, and they lacked some of the personality characteristics, and they were very introverted. So I had a chance to meet them before all of this. And, and I'd say, as good of basketball players as they've become, I'm most proud of the way that they've grown and matured in all these different areas of their life, and the way that they've remained humble, and they've kept their inner circles, you know, insulated. And, you know, I mean... Uh, Kevin Durant makes $25, $30 million a year. He's on billboards. He's on commercials. He's, you know, arguably one of the top two or three players in the world. And I had a chance to know him before any of that. And that's why I'm so impressed by the way he carries himself. And yeah, behind closed doors, you know, he wants to play video games and, and order takeout and do things just like a normal person because ding, ding, ding. He is a normal person. Now, he might have more notoriety and a bigger bank account and a better jump shot than the average person walking the earth, uh, but, you, but his, his mind and his, his emotional in- integrity and his emotional IQ is the same as anybody else. And, and I found that in particular, uh, that's the number one thing those guys use to sniff out other people on whether or not to let them in the circle. Do you treat them like a fellow human being and care about them for the reasons to care about someone outside of what they do on the court. Uh, And that's really, really important. And, you know, it's amazing to me how many people bombard them every second of every day that want something from them, you know, whether it's want a selfie or want a loan or want free tickets or want some shoes or want, uh, I mean, that, that would really be tough. You know, I mean, certainly Kevin lives a great life. He, He does what he loves uh, he makes great money. He, you know, there's a lot of great things, but people forget too. On some level, that's a little bit of a prison. You know, he can't just walk to the mall and have, you know, a, a normal time out with a friend because he's going to be bombarded. So it is kind of a gift and a curse. And, and really, those guys that I've gotten to know on a deeper level, I really have a tremendous amount of respect for the way that they carry themselves and live their lives. Yeah, I mean, it's it's got to be tough to to not be able to just you know go to the store and buy a game without you know, 700 selfie requests and, you know, being just everywhere you go getting mobbed and, and people say they want fame like that, but you, there is a price for it. There is an absolute price for it. So thank you for sharing that. I just thought, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I, I watch it with, with knowledge workers, right? So I've seen it with like the Seth Godin's and, and, you know, those kind of guys, uh, you know, Paul Pedrazzi's, the, 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 the guys, the, these authors that I really respect. And, and, you know, here you have this, this opportunity to, to have dinner with them. And so I, you know, I had this opportunity to have dinner with Seth Godin. It was amazing. This guy, this guy will just give you I ideas bet. freely. And, and, this whole time I'm watching this lady just monopolize it with pictures and, and nobody could get anything in edgewise. And this guy will, mm. will will give you life and world and business advice for free if you just ask. And, and oh, to watch yeah. it just get taken away for, for you know, a selfie that, that nobody's going to care about except for her, you know, 40 followers. Who cares? And and so you're, and, you're and just sitting there. <laughs> right. You're just sitting there. Um, it's amazing to watch people uh, waste that. I remember early in my career as a speaker, I used to give away my fees so that I knew I would be in the green room with, with so I, you know, Jack Welch and Stephen Covey and some of these people just to have that opportunity to ask the questions and, and, and further my career that way. Um, so I think it's just a reminder for anybody that's listening. If you get the opportunity to meet somebody like that, treat them as a person, but be be prepared to ask great questions. Uh, because they'll tell you, they'll share. For, for They're sure. really willing to do so. So having said that, Absolutely. not wanting to waste any more of your time, I have another question for you, sir. So what do you think makes um, a, a really great team, whether it be sports, business, family, whatever, what do you think you know, great teammanship really is? I believe it has two primary characteristics. The first is you have to truly care. I'm a believer that caring is a choice. 
caring is an act of will, that on kind of an unconscious level, this may sound very counterintuitive, I don't think we really have a tremendous amount of conscious choice over who we like. I think like is almost... It's done on a, on a primal level, an unconscious level. And, and you know, you could talk to somebody for 60 seconds and know whether or not you, quote, unquote, like them. So I don't think we have a lot of control over that. But we absolutely control who we care about. And to be a, a part of a, a winning team in any walk of life, you have to care about your teammates. You have to care about your leaders. You have to care about the team's mission, the goals. Like you have to care about being a part of that team. And that is, in fact, a choice. And then part of that caring leads me to the second area of a great team, and that's selflessness. Uh, We live in a world where there's more than enough selfishness and people looking out for themselves. But can you care just as much about the guy or girl next to you as you do about yourself? Are you willing to put your own personal needs and agenda to the side to do what's best for the group and for the team uh, to achieve their collective vision and mission? Uh, To me, that's those, those are rare traits, and when you can get a group of people that care about each other, care about the mission, and are willing to be selfless, now you've got something really, really special. Yeah, I think that's important. It, it, so it, it's not just you know caring and selflessness, right, but it's also valuing people, right, beyond y- yourself. It, it's putting value into people every day in, in a belief in people. For sure, and the number one way we do that is with our attention, If time is our most precious resource, then our attention is our number one currency because your attention and how you choose to spend that uh, shows what you actually care about. Uh, You don't have to tell me what you care about. Uh, I'll look at where you put your attention and I'll know what you care about. In fact, if I really want to know what you care about, all I got to do is flip open your day planner and look at your schedule. That will tell me where your priorities are. I mean, and that's, again, (laughs) as we talk about a work-life balance, that will tell me. But your attention is what matters. And right now, we live in a society where we're bombarded by so many digital distractions. It's taking away from our ability to give and pour our attention into human beings and to have some face-to-face contact. And, and I'm a huge advocate of technology, and I use technology. You know, I'm not talking about going back to the caveman days, uh, but I also know that developing interpersonal skills and looking somebody in the eye and telling them that you appreciate them or that they did a great job uh, is, is extremely important to being the glue that holds a team together. And that using our attention and pouring our attention into others and caring enough to do so uh, again, is these are the, the foundational principles of creating a great team. Right. And, and so social media, obviously, is a tool. You use it. I use it. Uh, you've got way more followers and lovers than than, than I do. But uh, I did check, uh, Mr. Influencer. But, um, <laughs> but what's interesting is like when you go to dinner and you see those families of four and all four of them are on the phone. That's heartbreaking. Right. Not, not having that family conversation. Yeah, and, and I know with my young children, I mean, it's, it's, it's both. I mean, I've already I've purchased iPads for all of my children because, one, I want them uh, to embrace and enjoy technology. I want them to, have, I want them to be savvy with technology. Uh, but at the same time, uh, my ex-wife and I, we put very strict boundaries and rules in about when they can use stuff, when they can't. You know, when we're sitting at the dinner table, we're going to have conversation. We're going to look each other in the eye. We're going to share what things went well from our day. We're going to share what things were challenging. Um, but there's a time and a place for all of it. And again, it goes back to be where your feet are. Uh, I will readily admit that, that I certainly have had some times where I'm with my children, but I'm checking my phone and I'm on my phone. And I actually created a rule with my kids that any time that I'm on my phone that I'm with them, if they catch me on it, I have to put a dollar in a piggy, in a piggy bank. You know, I know a lot of folks use that as kind of a curse word jar that if you say a bad word, you put a dollar in. Well, we, we just call it a digital, you know, it's a digital jar. And anytime I'm on my phone when I'm with them, uh, I have to put a dollar in it, and I'm embarrassed to say that the first month we implemented that, I think I had $22 in that jar at the end of the month. <laughs> I mean, that's really bad. Where I'm proud is uh, the next month, I think I cut it down to 10 or 11, so still not great, but at least I cut it in half, and now that's kind of the joke with them. I mean, they're lucky if they have $1 or $2 in the jar at the end of the month, which, of course, they have to split three ways, so that's not very much money, uh, but I told them, I said, look, you're going to benefit no matter what. Either you're going to have a very attentive and present father who's with you uh, in mind and body, or you're going to make a lot of money off me being a bonehead. Either way, you guys are going to reap the benefits, and they just they thought there that you was go. hysterical. 
<laughs> I like it. So we're going to take our final break right here. We'll be right back with Alan where he'll answer the question for us. What's the greatest advice he's ever been given? You're listening to the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other, where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage, where applications aren't just part of your brand, they are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy, and the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the Work-Life Balance. And we are back for our final segment this Friday afternoon. And uh, Alan, uh, you know, I was reading here, you've got actually a book in the works. Is that true? I do. It's, it's very much in the early stages, but uh, I'm excited. And I, I can't say who with yet, but I did sign a deal with one of the big five publishers. Uh, and I've, I've got a co-author that I really click with and, and appreciate his work and contributions. And yeah, we're putting something together pretty special probably won't be ready till fall of 2018 or maybe even early 2019, uh, but it's something I'm really excited about and I'm going to dedicate and, and pour a ton of time and effort into over the next year. Well, certainly the, the, the passion that you have for leadership and, and when you speak, if that translates, it's going to be a smash. And so it sounds like you're going to have the book tour and all that kind of stuff that's going to be coming with that if it's one of the big five. So I'm certainly hoping so. Yeah, I'm excited. And, and to be honest, it's been about most of the principles the, that you and I have been talking about in today's conversation, about uh, having balance and harmony, uh, about living present, about doing the little things and respecting the process and respecting time and, and never getting bored with the basics. So it's really, again, it'll be spoken through the lens of someone that spent 20 years in basketball performance, but it's very much going to be a business book uh, to help folks uh, improve their business lives, but then I'm a believer that we're, we can't compartmentalize our lives or ourselves and that what you do to improve your business will improve your personal life and vice versa. That'll be awesome. And of course, obviously, when it comes out, you have to come back on the show and we'll help you promote it and get it out there as well. I would but love of that. Course, be my honor. Thank you. You know, you may be big time. So it may be, you know, CBS and NBC and Fox. We may, you know, fall down the lever there, but you can't forget about the work-life balance and, and, and come on. Yeah. I never will. You so. mark my words. You can play this recording again <laughs> if I ever forget. There you go. There you go. So let's get to the big question. What's what's some of the best advice you've ever been given? 
I've had so many people pour into me and mentor me and challenge me over my lives. You know, this is kind of like asking me which one of my three kids do I love the most? You know, it'd be hard to pick. <laughs> but if I had to pick one, uh, someone very early in my, my life said, if you do the things others don't do, you will have the things others don't have. Uh, and I always love that because you can also switch the word don't for won't. If you do the things others won't do, you'll have the things others won't have. And, and I'll readily admit that when I was younger, I attached that mindset to material items. And I thought, well, if you work really hard, you'll have lots of money and you can buy nice cars and nice houses. And I only relegated it to material things. And now that I'm older and hopefully more mature and wiser and I've got children, I realize that that applies to everything. You know, if you do the things others won't do, such as be very attentive and present with your children, you'll have things other people don't have, which is an amazing connection, a soulful connection with your children. Um, you know, so again, it's not just about money and things. That is such a small portion of what's important to me in my life now. Now it's about experiences. It's about relationships. And I find that if, you know, if, if we just established that the vast majority of the world is walking around staring at their smartphone 24-7, well, if that's what most of the world's going to do, then I'm going to try to be a little bit different so that I can have some things that they don't have. And, and again, I say all of that with the humility and acknowledgement that uh, I use my phone a lot. I am very active on social media. I mean, I don't want to make it sound like I live out in the sticks. You know, I mean, I, I have all of the the technological advancements that everybody listening to this has, but I'm trying to get much better at putting limits on those so that I can still pour into the things that are most important to me. Yeah, and you're very close to my tagline that, uh, that, that I end a lot of my motivational speeches with, which is every, everybody wants to succeed, but do they have the will to succeed, right? Do you have the will to, to take the step forward? Yeah. So it's, it, I mean, it's, it, it's a big difference. It's, well, I, you know, I, I want to lose weight, but do you have the will to stand up and, and go to the gym? You know, I want to, to, to get a better job, but do you have the will to, to put in the learning that it takes to get the better job? It's, it's a big difference uh, between want and will. Yes, there is. And that's why I've always felt, you know, I was always told when I was younger that knowledge is power. And, and I don't believe that. To me, knowledge is not power because knowledge unapplied is absolutely worthless. It's the application of knowledge. That's where you get the power from. And that's really the difference between the want to and the will to. You know, the want to are the folks that, you know, they accumulate the knowledge. The will to are the ones that are willing to put that knowledge into action to actually make a change to their habits, to, to be doers and not just hopers. And, and that's, that's a huge difference. And uh, yeah, I, I love that tagline and, and it resonates very strongly with me. And very beautifully said. So Alan, again, thank you so much for being a part of the show. We look forward to having you again um, anytime and anytime. Just reach out to us. We'd love to have you back. I would love that as well. Thank you so much. So upcoming on the show uh, next week, again, we're going to be live in Orlando. We're going to bring some of the Maxwell people on the show uh, we're going to be out there at the certification event. Uh, the week after that, we've got Todd Nelson. I, I, you know, for some reason, always flub his name, but Todd has got an amazing story around the educational side. I uh, put out this beautiful uh, uh, book, and then that just took off like wildfire. Ended up in the White House um, and doing a lot of the the uh, work around the educational side. He's got an incredible story. He was actually booked um, before there was that event uh, that that took uh, the network down for a week. Um, so he got him rebooked uh, for the week after that. Uh, so please tune in for that show. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, that's the next couple of weeks here on uh, Voice America uh, and the Work-Life Balance. So uh, for those of you that have been listening, thank you again to Alan. We're going to look forward to having you guys next week with us at the Maxwell event. You've been listening to the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show.